0: Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here, and much more importantly, Dr. Danielle Spencer is our very special guest. Uh, you may remember her work as a child star on What's Happening, the the bratty little sister of Raj on, uh, and the daughter of Mabel King on, on uh, that hit show, What's Happening. Uh, she played D. And I'd like to say she's lovable. I guess she was in her own way, but uh, she grew up to be a veterinarian and uh, a very impressive life. Dr. Spencer, how are you?
1: I'm doing great. Doing great. Thank you.
0: I now I have that correct, right? You're a veterinarian?
1: Yes, I am. Uh, since 1993, um, I've been a veterinarian, um, mainly in the California area. Um, although now I moved to Virginia, but yeah, practice. Veterinary medicine, twenty-five years.
0: Have you always been an animal lover?
1: I have. I ever since I think I was able to even say the word animal, <laughs> I've had some type of animal around me. Uh, my first animal was a dog. It was a Weimaraner who was about one hundred and fifty pounds. Wow! And uh, yeah, that was that was my first friend. And ever since then, I've just been in luck with, you know, dogs and cats and, you know, basically any type of animal.
0: Did they have animals on the on the set, or was that uh, was that a no no? Uh, how was the set you know, run? Was it animal friendly?
1: You know what? They did not. Uh, now that you mention it, as a matter of fact, they actually they may have had them on. What's happening now? Perhaps on an episode that I was not on. But the original was happening. We didn't have any pets, so yeah, that was kind of a bummer. Yeah, but I had my my zoo at home. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, listen, we'll get into uh, some of your your triumphs over adversity. Uh, a little bit, but I I say it in all sincerity. I mean, you've uh, just really, uh, you're you're somebody uh, who's been very inspirational. Just uh, you're you're overcoming a a lot of medical issues, and i I, I got to give you all the credit in the world. Uh, Before we get to that, maybe we can do a little bit of your background. Where were you born and where were you raised?
1: Sure. Um, I was born in New York, and I lived there until I was uh, nine years old, and then I moved to California, of course, to do the show. And I lived out there, gosh, my entire life. And, um, you know, currently I'm living in Virginia. I moved here about four years ago. So my majority of my life was in California.
0: Was it your first acting work, or did you do commercials prior to that?
1: I had done um, a commercial, which was like a public service commercial for some type of utilities. I can't even remember what utility it was. And then a couple of little shots in, um, there was a store, Alexander's, that, you know, sold clothes and so forth. So I did a couple of those. And I also had a walk-on role in, um, I think it's called Across 110th Street. No, no, Serpico, I'm sorry. Ah. In Serpico. Yeah, it was, you know, I was walking across the street. No no dialogue. But that was kind um, of my exposure before that. and And I also attended acting school gosh, for probably about three or four years before what's happening.
0: So is it something that you you enjoy doing? Is it something that you look back fondly on?
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, it's really responsible for everything else that happened in my life. And the fact that it was a different time, so it was so much fun at that time. Everything was new and, um, you know, we were you know, groundbreakers in a lot of ways, you know, along with, of course, you know, good times. And um, it it was a different time. So I'm just so proud that I even had that opportunity um, at all. And, um, yeah, so I I think it definitely I'm proud of everything that we've done.
0: I think I've read – well, I've definitely read in different places, and and every chance I I look, I I can't think of anyone – who would who would have beat you to the punch of being the uh, the the first African American female child star? Can you think of someone?
1: I know no one. Yeah, I, know. I, I mean, and that's what you know the, the Smithsonian Museum you know has us has me in there for. Um, wow. You know, of course, they have you know a lot of other actors and actresses who have definitely. I mean pay the way you know for black actors and actresses and then they also had um bernardette in there because she was you know the first type teen. so um but yeah me being the youngest i mean it's amazing it really is amazing you know you had mark
0: uh copage i think you pronounce it uh from julia on the show and and oh oh,
1: okay
0: he might have been i was gonna say ralph carter on good times but I'm trying to think of the first, uh, you know, probably Ralph Carter right. for sitcom, you know, at first
1: yeah, right. young man
0: right. on a uh, child actor. But uh, it, it's, uh, no, it's but something.
1: But was the youngest.
0: Yeah. But I'll my, tell you what. Yes. It's something to be proud of. I mean, it's something to really.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And there it was, um, oh, my God, Rodney Allen Rippey, you know, who was like the first black, I believe, in a commercial if yeah. I'm
0: not mistaken. No, you're right. So, you're right about that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so uh, gosh, there's just yeah, so many trailblazers. I, I had Rodney Allen
0: Rippy on on the uh, on the show several times and um he's uh, you know, he he's done very well uh, as you have yes. and he's had great success um, afterwards, a very spiritual guy and um, mm-hmm. just a uh, you know, wonderful guy, wonderful guest, but uh, seems like he was very well adjusted. I'm sure you're aware and actually, before I even ask you, let me remind folks that are just tuning in or turning on their radios. Dr. Danielle Spencer is our very special guest. Uh, she is uh, best known as D on what's happening and on what's happening now. Mm-hmm. And she co-starred along with Ernest Thomas, who we've had on the show, and the late uh, uh, Shirley Hem- uh, Hemphill, and um, also Fred Berry, uh, you lost not too long ago. Mabel King, also yeah. a lot of the folks on that show, unfortunately aren't yes. here with us. Frank McKay here with Dr. Danielle I Spencer. Uh, Dr. Spencer, I, you know, getting getting back to that, how close did you become to the cast, and and uh, unfortunately uh, many of them uh, passed well too early. I
1: right um and certainly you know being on the set every day with someone i mean it just kind of lends itself to you know us being really really close and you know also being as you said one of the few african-american shows that made us even closer um you know we have bonds up until this day you know i still communicate with you know my brother on the show ernest i mean we're very very close and i was close to um, mabel as well because she, you know she sort of adopted the whole cast as her children so she was very um you know matron when i mean she she thought she was everyone's mother actually but she was just so so sweet and giving you know both of her time and and also just anytime we needed to talk about anything professionally she was there for us then as well and Shirley, i was you know, close to her, she was always joking around, but she was very protective. Um, as was the rest of the cast.
0: You know, I, I had Marsha Warfield on the show not too long ago, and she mentioned Shirley Hemphill as a uh, as a pioneer and standup yes. for African American mm-hmm. women. And uh, it, you know, and and you don't again for some reason we just we, we kind of uh, glance over uh, so much of this history. And now I think, uh, fortunately, we're starting to slow down and say, hey, wait a second, let's put this all in perspective. But she really was a groundbreaker as well. She had a very successful stand-up act.
1: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, with You know, she had a lot of you know curse words, I believe, <laughs> in her act, which I never got to see until I was, gosh, I think I was in my 30s when I first saw her stand-up act.
0: So, well, yeah, that was... What was your impression of the act? Are you offended by the language?
1: Oh, no. I mean, you know, by that time, I'd certainly heard all sorts of words, (laughs) but it was just really funny, you know, that it took all that time for me to be able to see the show because she, you know, absolutely would not even talk about anything dirty or cursing when I was around on set. So they were, you know, all really protective in, in that case
0: how about fred berry who played rerun uh, how was how was he as a personality you know obviously the character was was um uh gregarious and he was funny and he was always mm-hmm. joking around was he anything always. like the real uh the real life uh fred berry
1: oh yeah i mean he was almost you know had different personalities i think we all kind of bring a little bit of us to the roles and he was like that he was joking around a lot all the time dancing around but then he also had a serious side a business side and um you know we got to see both of those but yeah I was, I was close to him too as a matter of fact um he like I said he was very much into business and he would always tell me about different business opportunities you know once I was an adult
0: yeah, it's it, that's interesting. And again, Ernest, I've had on the show, and I kind of, I kind of get his personality. Maybe not even that much different than, than Rod, right. right? You know, I mean, it, right. He, he wasn't he wasn't acting too much. He was a good guy. He's you know he's a bright guy and and all yes. that. But may, you know, maybe more of a serious type um, fellow. Again, Danielle Spencer. He doctor, is. Yeah.
1: He is. But he has a jokester side that is unbelievably funny. I mean, he. <laughs> He has me laughing most of the time, though. And sometimes you'll think he's serious and, you know, he's actually joking around. So, yeah, he, he has both sides. You have to experience both sides. But, yeah, he definitely is a serious in terms of acting, takes it very seriously. You know, he's, you know, from the era of Shakespeare and, you know, that's what he does.
0: Yeah, know uh, yeah. Uh, again, uh, he's an uh, he's accomplished stage actor as well. And again, uh, Dr. Daniel mm-hmm. Spencer is our very special guest. You know her as D on What's Happening and What's Happening Now. Uh, thrilled to have her here with me, Frank McKay. Uh, who was running the show? Who was in charge of that show? Who was the producer? Who was the showrunner? And uh, who did you see as the boss? Gosh, I
1: remember uh, there was. Uh, Mr. Bernstein, he uh, there were actually three of them. There was a uh, Turtle Top, uh, Orinstein, and Bud Yorkin. Toy Productions. That's how I remembered it. And they were the producers that you know we saw almost all the time on the set.
0: You know, Bud Yorkin is a, a legendary uh, mm-hmm. character in the uh, in the business, and and all of those men that you mentioned are, are legendary. But Bud Yorkin. Um, had tremendous success. What was your impression of him, if any?
1: Um, I just looked at them as um, I can't even say employers, but um, everyone was just really friendly.
0: Again, another reminder: Dr. Danielle Spencer is a veterinarian, and you know her work as a child actor, uh, Dee from What's Happening, and, and she's uh, she's tending to her dogs as we as we speak. You said a Shih Tzu, right, Danielle?
1: Yes, I have. Uh, one of my dogs is my Shih Tzu. He's the oldest I have right now, and then I have a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel, and nice. she's like, yeah, she's about eight, I think. And then uh, my cat Gigi is uh, sixteen.
0: You know, it's got to be a difficult job, I it, to to be a vet in so many ways, especially when it comes to the end. And uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I give you all the credit mm-hmm. in the world. And it's, uh, it's heartbreaking and, and heartwarming at the same time, I imagine.
1: Yes. Oh, it's the most difficult thing. As a matter of fact, I lost my, my oldest dog, Boney, in uh, November. So it was so difficult for all of us. And, you know, every time I lose a pet, it's it's awful.
0: Yep. And I almost
1: feel like I have, I have to get a new pet, like, that day. Yeah. Or soon thereafter, just because I don't want to, you know, mourn. Or go through, you know, the pain. At least I can
0: focus on something else. You yeah, think, it's difficult. You know, I always suggest that to people when they lose a pair, I mean, I've lost pets and I'm a big animal mm-hmm. lover. Uh, we have five cats and two dogs here. And I always say oh, that me. Yeah. If you have if, if you, you know, unfortunately lose it, an animal, which we're all going to, every animal lover is gonna uh, gonna lose an animal sooner or later, and it's like losing yeah. a family member. And I, I always say, get get one right away, get a puppy, get a get kitten, or whatever. And <laughs> right. I, 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 is that good advice? I mean, coming from a veterinarian, is that? A, I
1: think it is. I think it is. As a matter of fact, I mean, it's what I do every single time. <laughs> yeah. So it it helps you. To direct your focus elsewhere, and it doesn't mean that you don't love your other pet, but you know at least you get to focus on something else. Because especially of, you know starting with a puppy and starting from scratch, you don't have time hardly to think about anything else. And then if you have other dogs, you know that certainly helps uh, divide a little bit. And then the dynamics of the family can change too when you have multiple pets, and one of them you know passes away, who may have been the leader. So it changes the whole family dynamics. But, you know, some people just, you know, once their pet passes, you know, they don't want the responsibility anymore. Wow. And, and, you know, some it is just really hard to, you know, love another pet that hard because, you know, they are our family and we don't even realize how much we love them and how close we get to them.
0: Yeah, there's no no question about it. I, I mean, you, you mentioned uh, focusing on, on on other things and uh, and I guess that's uh, that's something that that people do in life. I mean, not only with pets and the losses of uh, of pets, but in, uh, in in their professional life is as, uh, as well. And at a very young right. age, of course, you started uh, as a as a professional actress and you and you are expected to show up and you're expected to know your lines and to behave and, and be there on time and all of this. I, when that all ends and I, and I know people have all these different theories on on child stars, but we never heard about you. We never heard trouble coming from you and you turned out to be a doctor. I mean, that's, that's fantastic. I mean, do you have any opinions on on growing up a child star?
1: Oh, it's definitely difficult. And I can't even imagine growing up, you know, in the industry these days. If you know, you're first being introduced at this time. Oh my gosh. I don't know how, how they make it. However, um, I guess since there, there wasn't necessarily, you know, anyone I can look to, you know, for advice or, or my family even couldn't look to for advice, we were just sort of making it up as we went along. And I think the one thing that remained with my family is just, you know, having pride in yourself and, you know, working hard and, you know, just knowing what it takes you know, individually, if you really want something in life, what you have to do. So just the normal core values that every family has. And I think that was the consistent thing with me. So, you know, fortunately, whether I became a vet or, you know, a, med- a human medical doctor or, or even a janitor, just, you know, in terms of, you know, being able to take care of myself and, you know, staying out of trouble as much as I can be good to people. So just the normal core values, I believe really helped me
0: yeah well uh, listen it's uh that's good to hear it's always uh, reassuring when 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 a child store turns out uh, well and and turns out to do v- very well uh what did your folks do for a living
1: well my mom was a teacher um, she taught uh, english as a second language she uh, actually worked for the embassy when i was younger uh, mainly introducing people from other countries to america and te- teaching them english So she made a lot of friends with people from other countries. And, you know, that was always really fascinating to me as well. But then she also did teach, um, you know, students who just couldn't grasp English very well, um, just in a normal public school system as well. And my, you know, of course, my stepfather was an actor. My my father actually works for the Department of Parks in New York. So, yeah, that was, uh, that was really interesting. matter of fact, my stepfather was the one, like I said, that introduced us to acting uh, initially. Yeah,
0: that, you know, that's interesting. What did your stepfather act in?
1: Uh, he was in um, a movie called Across 110th Street. He also did um, Comeback Charleston Blues. He, I believe, he had a role in *Strapiko* as well, and then he did a little part on *What's Happening*, where he played an agent to uh, one of the the talent that was auditioning on on um, the talent show with rerun. Yep. And he said, um, "What did he say? What was his role?" He said something like, "It was good, baby. It was good, or something." But I mean, he, whatever he did, he was just always so memorable. And in our acting school, which, you know, he and a couple of his friends, you know, helped co-found, he was responsible for teaching classes. I mean, they, you know, did the whole Shakespeare and, you know, all of these, like, really lengthy speeches. And he taught both the children as well as the adults.
0: Yeah, that's great. I, the, uh, getting back to your acting classes, uh, you, you did three years as a child. Uh, In New Mm -hmm. York City. And again, Dr. Danielle Spencer is our very special guest. You know her work as D from what's happening and what's happening now. And now she's a veterinarian and an animal lover like myself and and so many of you listening now. uh, But what do you remember about those acting classes? Uh, Anybody well known uh, that came out of those as well?
1: Uh, yes, so many people. Um, well, the probably the most famous was Kim Fields. Um, also, uh, my current um acting coach, Marishka Phillips, she was actually my good friend at that time, but she has you know, a huge uh, theatrical uh, production now, um as well as um, her mom, Sandra Phillips, who's a major Broadway star. Um, who else? Uh, there was Gary Vinay, Brene Watson, you know, that was on Fresh Print. Yeah. Um, gosh, who else? There are a couple more that you, oh, Al Fan, oh my God. He, I mean, the, the acting school was called Al Fan Theatrical Ensemble. So, of course, he's the most famous of them all. And he's done so many roles that you can't even really pinpoint you know,
0: which one that he's done. But he was certainly the most famous of them all. And then, of course, you know, my stepfather. Breaking it down with Frank McKay. This is 103.9 LI News Radio. Uh, Dr. Daniel mm-hmm. Spencer is our very special guest. You know, as D on what's happening and what's happening now. Uh, thrilled to have her here with me, Frank McKay. It's interesting to see who... Uh, folks uh, associate with and, and uh, mm-hmm. you know obviously unless they're on the screen with you we don't know who your friends would be and not to get too personal right. but who, who are your friends do you still have uh, friends that are in, in show business or are they more in the medical I field? I do
1: yeah. Uh, yeah I do um, yeah, all of the ones that I named I still speak to I speak to their children um, you know who are actually more in my age group talking about the ones who are younger like Al Fan and Barbara Fan's children I speak to them Um, I speak to Kim still, um, you know, mainly on the Internet because everyone is so busy. And, you know, who could have even predicted this whole uh, Internet world that we have that enables us really to be able to keep in touch, even though people are worlds away sometimes and, you know, very busy. So I do have still a lot of friends um, in the industry. And but I would say most of my friends, of course, are from the veterinary world.
0: Let me, again, remind folks, uh, Frank McKay here with Dr. Danielle Spencer, and you know her as a Child Star D from What's Happening and What's Happening Now, uh, actually a pioneer, and she's in the Smithsonian as, as the first, I mean, which is an unbelievable honor, and if you think about it. Uh, it unbelievable. She, unbelievable, uh, as the first child star from the African-American community, um, a female, uh, child star from the right. african-american right. community and uh, just uh, honestly just a wonderful honor to be in there with so many other things you're in there with fonzie's jacket and you're in there with uh with uh archie bunker's chair and and all these yeah, other things that's I'm a nice thing
1: that.
0: yeah amazing it's
1: awesome and you know what as a matter of fact it's funny you mentioned him i think out of all of the actors that i met at that time that fonzie you know henry winkler yes. was probably the nicest of any of the actors that i have met, you know, up at that
0: time. Yeah, he's a nice man, Definitely. even, even by to this far, day. By
1: yeah. far. Yes.
0: Wonderful. Uh, again, Dr. Danielle Spencer uh, is our very special guest, and I you know what? It's it's so interesting to to uh, to look back there. I mean, it's a time capsule in in so many mm-hmm. ways. I like I could I could trace back things I've done or or moments I had with my, you know, my late mother or father by what song was popular right. at the time, or but why? What show was popular at at the time? Right. So yes. Well, let me ask you about that. I mean, what do you, what do you remember fondly? And I, it sounds like the whole experience has been fondly. Is there anything at all that you remember in uh, from that time in period
1: particular-
0: that you don't particularly love or that you didn't like while it was going on?
1: That I didn't like. Well, I know one thing, and you know, and I apologize, I think profusely for this is, you know, being a child star, I didn't really know how to handle it. And, you know, I do remember being sometimes a little mean when I would get recognized on the street and so forth, because, you know, I'm a kid, I'm wanting to be a kid. I don't want to be bothered. I'm hanging out with my family. And, you know, people were kind of rude. I mean, if you're eating, you know, obviously you don't want to be disturbed. Um, but then sometimes just out in public, you know if i'm just walking I, I actually was sometimes just a little rude and, and acted maybe I, I guess people thought a little standoffish or that i didn't want to be bothered but you know at that time I, again i was adjusting and i wasn't really aware of how to handle it even though my handlers so to speak were saying well you know this person they just really like your show and they you know really want to just say thank you and so it was, it was a learning experience for me and i'm not saying i was like that the whole time but especially initially because, you know, I didn't really have any examples, and, and I was a kid. I was, you know, nine years old. So that probably was the one thing I regret, you know, my behavior in, in that aspect. But I think it's understandable, you know, when you're a child.
0: No, no doubt about it. I mean, I, I think, you know, I appreciate and I think a lot of people would appreciate you even acknowledging that. And you know, a lot of people will just pass by that and, and not recognize That fact, but think about it. There were no books on that particular subject. There were no, and if there are, they're so obscure. But certainly at that point, there were no books. There were no college classes. There were no high school classes. There are no grammar school classes to how to handle fame, how to handle attention. It just doesn't come unless you get it from your peers or you pick it up along the way. Where are you going to get it from?
1: Exactly. I mean, now they come out the womb. It seems so polished these days. You know, destined for TV or theater or whatever. But back in the day, you know, we didn't really have that resource. Um, You know, we were all in acting school just thinking I was doing something on the weekends and having fun and being in plays and never even envisioned being on a television show or anything like that. You know, to be honest, it was just something fun for me to do. So, yeah, you only know kind of what you learn from others around you
0: yeah well that's for sure again frank mckay here with dr danielle spencer veterinarian and former child star what's happening what's happening now she was d and she's in the smithsonian which is unbelievable and you sound so grounded now and, and that's nice to hear after all the the, the medical uh, you know i mean i look at him as yes. triumphs i mean you you, you uh they, <laughs> suffered yeah. some terrible terrible experiences and and how are you now how are you feeling now
1: well it's definitely uh an adjustment every single time. And, you know, it, I was just thinking the other day, gosh, I'm getting older. <laughs> you know, it's like one little joint didn't creak like that quite last year, but you know, it was like making sounds. But, um, yeah, I definitely, I believe, if anything, I'm a testament to just keep going. I mean, just don't stop because you can certainly get stuck, you know, as I have from time to time. And you're thinking, you know, why the H am I going through You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's, it's not like um, you're immune from going through anything. I mean, we all go through these challenges and, you know, we all have to adjust. Um, but no one expected, you know, the car accident that I had when I was very, very young, um, which started th- this whole thing. Um, everyone on the show was shocked, of course, you know, when my stepfather died and I was involved in the accident that, you know, caused kind of the, I guess, the um Well, my fractures. And, you know, of course, once I grew up, I wouldn't say that I was quite stable in terms of my joints just because of the healing process. And it led to other complications, you know, that I suffered from in terms of, you know, my back injury and then having surgery for that. And that was just, um, gosh, in 2004 that, you know, that happened in terms of my back.
0: You know, I should mention as well that, uh, and again, I'm sorry to bring up a sore subject here, but uh, but you, you were paralyzed, right? You were physically paralyzed. You were, uh, right. You, were you able to walk?
1: Right. I was not able to walk. And I mean, and to this day, I walked with crutches. However, after I had the surgery in 2004, I was completely unable to feel anything from like just above my navel down, like I couldn't feel anything. And I, you know, I remember... Always hoping the next day that I could move a toe. I mean, it was, you know, that sort of situation. And I remember Ernest visiting me in the hospital a couple of times, him and, you know, his cousin Ine, and they would always, you know, encourage me and my husband as well. And they were saying, just don't think about, you know, just your toe. Just think about keeping your mind healthy and occupied. And, you know, I swear that's really what got me through it. And, you know, of course, you know, I believe in God, but. Just keeping my mind occupied at all time, just knowing that you know this may be how I am my whole life, but I can't let that stop me from doing anything. You know, because I always say, you know, the only disability we have is in the mind. Yeah, I
0: I agree with that completely. You know, I know it's easy. You know, we're just meeting for the first time. We're just talking for the first time here. uh, But you know, in my mind, you know, especially you being a medical person. I, I mean, we're we're living to a hundred now. People are living to a hundred, mm-hmm. and I have to believe that the the breakthroughs, the medical breakthroughs, and again, this is real easy to say. Here, I mean, I'm walking fine. I don't have the uh, the the problems and the challenges that you've had, but I, I have to believe that five years from now we're going to have greater breakthroughs and uh, and uh-huh. and more. And I know Christopher Reeves has been somewhat yes. of a. Uh, a uh, you know the late great Christopher Reeves has been somewhat of an yeah. inspiration for you, but I remember absolutely. You know, I remember hearing him say in an interview that that he um, that he believed that they're close to um, connecting a spinal cord, and it turned out not to be true. But there has been great progress made uh, on all types of uh, of medicine having to do with the spine and the brain and everything else i i mean so why not five years from now you 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 might be running like a little girl like you were on the show right i mean i I know
1: right well that's one thing maybe that was my problem Is i hated running like as a matter (laughs) of fact i think in gym in gym class i think i got a d because i refused to run during my pe class (laughs) but um but you're right as a matter of fact um I was just looking on the internet the other day and I saw a robot that they actually have. And of course she had like a little female type face and you know, so I'm saying, Oh my god, here we go. <laughs> so but we just gonna replace all females now with robots. <laughs> and um but but my my point when I put it on my page was that how about using these limbs that are on this robot and giving them to you know our soldiers you know who have been injured in battle, right. or to you know people who are disabled so they can get up and you know work and maybe do the jobs that they want to do. Well, you know it may actually be an impossibility financially, but I mean that's what I thought of initially. I'm like, why, why on a robot? Like really? Right. You don't know, think that could be used elsewhere? But certainly, just with you know the medical community now. Actually, coming to the realization that stem cells, you know, do have some viability in terms of healing, I, I can't wait. Like, I'm really excited because I've always been a believer of in stem cells and just what they do. Too. Because I'm, you know, you too, right? Yeah. Because I'm, I'm into the holistic medicine now, and um, and, you know, they're amazing. I, I can't wait until it's actually, you know, more common for people to be able to use them. Because right now, financially, you know, most people can't afford them or they'd have to go out of the country, you
0: know, in order to get them. Yeah. I, you know, I have a dear friend. He's a, a you know, a dear friend of mine. I won't be too specific. He might be listening or friends of his might be listening. And uh, and, and, and he had brain cancer. And years ago, that would be a death sentence. They, they, mm-hmm. took, they took stem cells from his body and they shot it right into his skull, right into right. his area, right into his brain and uh, and he is cancer free uh cancer-free. for well over a year i mean it's just it's the most unbelievable thing that one can it imagine uh, these stem cells they take
1: are on amazing yeah they take on the characteristics of the environment that they're in and um it's just it's a fascinating world and you know the the reason i found out about it is because of course we use them for animals as well we use it um to help reduce pain Especially in terms of arthritic conditions, and you know, I've seen it do wonders just in terms of that. Yeah, so uh, yeah, we've we've come a long, long way.
0: Let me ask you about about that. And there's a lot of uh, there are a lot of animal lovers out there, and and you and I are are two of them. Uh, Again, Frank McKay here, reminding you that you're hearing the voice of Dr. Danielle Spencer. She is D from uh, the all grown up and and lovely uh, D. From what's happening, she's the uh, the child star, uh, recognized as being the first African American female to uh, to be a child star, and she's in the Smithsonian Institute for that, which is just amazing, and she belongs there and uh, trailblazer along with uh, so many of her her peers. Uh, but Dr. Danielle Spencer is our very special guest here with me, Frank McKay. I, let me let me ask you uh, about this. What what's what's the lifespan of animals? Um, doing is it staying the same as it was 20 years ago 30 years ago is it is it increasing do why is it not I
1: think yeah
0: Yeah. go ahead
1: well I I do think it is increasing because a lot of people are paying more attention to you know both the foods that they're feeding their pets as well as um, just you know keeping their mental state okay and you know not having them all stressed out but also you know having interaction with other pets as well Um, And then, you know, also treating them in the event that they have any of these conditions that are easily treatable, Uh, because I believe in the past, many times they may succumb just because, you know, maybe the client didn't know that they were ill, which is mostly the case, Um, or, you know, for whatever reason, if they couldn't afford treatment, um, a lot of times that would shorten their lifespans as well. And then other people just can't even take care of themselves. So, they end up taking them to a shelter unfortunately and you know back in the day they didn't work as hard to find them home so you know they ended up uh, putting them to sleep in the shelters so we've come such a long way with people caring a lot about animals and I know a lot of people are saying oh well you should care more about people than you do animals and to me I mean of course they're not the same people of course have you know a, a higher level in terms of our caring however it's my belief and i think many of in our profession that if you can't even treat an animal correctly you certainly can't treat a human correctly
0: right no no so, question no question about it yeah
1: that. Let me ask so, you. Yeah, they thought. Yeah,
0: no doubt about it. I, but and and plus, a- animals can't take care of themselves. People, uh, exactly. in most cases, can take care of themselves. And yes, I, I mean, I understand right. both sides of that. But you know, hey, listen, anybody who who loves animals and and dedicates their lives to, uh, to animals, God bless them. And and we should need we need more people like that in the world. Uh, let me yes. again. Uh, l- let me let me go back to your childhood, if you don't mind. And mm-hmm. I, when it gets to the point, and I'm not being nosy here or too personal, but when it got to the point. Where you went back to school after the show, uh, you know, at mm-hmm. that point you're, you know, full-fledged, uh, you know, young lady. Uh, w- what was dating like, and and were you, were you a target? I mean, were people like, I want to date D, or were people like, I don't want to date D? I mean, what was the, what, what was your your state, your social status in high school? What? Like,
1: oh, in high school, gosh. Let me think back to that time real quick. Well, I think for me, what what I've only concerned myself with was, you know, what I wanted in terms of um, a significant other. Um, So if I liked the person, then, you know, I started paying attention to him. So I guess, you know, we as women, we target the people that we like and we, you know, um, so I I didn't even, I wasn't even aware of anyone else around (laughs) unless I had already decided that I liked that person. And and so it kind of had to start with that. So I had to have interest first and I would observe for, you know, quite a while, just, you know, kind of their actions and, you know, how they spoke and, you know, what their dreams and goals were without sometimes even asking them questions, just seeing how they act, you know, and that was probably the number one thing that I looked at is, you know, how does this individual carry themselves? You know, are they a good problem solver? You know, now that I'm putting words to my thoughts, but um, I'm, I'm sure there may have been people who had ulterior motives and, you know, I just, I, fortunately I, I didn't have any interactions with anyone you know that was close to me like that
0: you know it's it, the answer that you gave shows actually a lot of self-esteem a lot of confidence coming out of uh, being the child star that you were and and a lot of them didn't have that and and I have to believe it comes from you know upbringing and, and you know and, and mm-hmm, not, mm-hmm. it's not the idea of the the child star and that obviously that uh, elevates Problems and maybe uh, mass some problems in certain places, but I, I I think that's a you know the fact that you you weren't aware of who was who was pursuing you you were you, you were were doing your own evaluation for your data right I, right I think that says a lot
1: yeah I mean that and it, to this day I mean that's exactly how things happened um, you know but you know especially nowadays I think it's so difficult with you know so many folks trying to seek stardom and validate themselves by what's going on outwardly you have to have high self-esteem because if all of that is taken away what are you going to do so you still have to have some value with yourself and what you're able to do and what you're able to create has nothing to do with how much money you have and you know we say this all the time and it goes right in the young people's ears and right out the other one but I think we were probably the same way back in the day but it has to do with you know what you're able to give to the world mentally that I think will heighten your self esteem. Yeah, well. And I just felt like what I was doing would really help everyone else if I became a veterinarian.
0: Well, listen, it, it sounds like you made wonderful choices and, and, uh, and, on other other than medical problems, everything sounds like it went so well. Uh, and those are things you can't control. Uh, again, we have right. a couple moments left with Dr. Danielle Spencer, veterinarian, uh, and wonderful wonderful lady here. I could tell in our short period of time. And she. Thank
1: you. you know, thank you. Well, Thanks. For, we've been friends. We've been Facebook friends for so long.
0: That's, true. that's I,
1: true. I remember when I first got on Facebook, I remember talking with you.
0: Yeah, that's so, true. Yeah,
1: it's um yeah so it was, it was good to, it's good to talk to you yeah, after
0: well, all this time well same here you know I, it's uh, it's nice to finally uh, put a voice to uh, you know rather than all this uh, impersonal um, texting right. back and forth or whatever you want to call it inboxing. right but that's uh, that's all very you know that's that's all very helpful and it's changed. We got a couple of moments left. Uh, what okay. what do you what would you like to do? Is there a bucket list for you? Is there a, uh, a set of goals? Mm-hmm. What would you like to do in the next several years in the next 20 years? I mean what's on your list? Well
1: the number one thing I have to do, and I never, ever thought I would ever say this. If I have to, um, if I even say it out loud, it scares me even to say it. But I kind of want to do it. I want to jump out of a plane.
0: Wow.
1: When I want to do parachuting. I never, ever thought I would ever say that because I'm terrified of heights, like high, high heights. Even though, you know, I've gone parasailing before. I don't even know what, you know, sometimes when you go on vacation, you do stuff that you yeah. wouldn't normally do. So, uh, you know, I I did that, and I was scared to death the whole time, but I was glad I did it. And I think after I did that, I said, oh, well, maybe maybe it wouldn't be so scary, you know, to go parachuting. So that's kind of on my bucket list. And then, you know, hot air ballooning as well. Um, I, I wanted to do scuba diving, but, you know, I can't because they told me once my lung was collapsed, you know, I wouldn't be able to do scuba diving again. So that was kind of a bummer. No, but I would say those are on my bucket list. And, of course, to travel to as many places as I can and, and learn as much as I can, too, um, you know, in veterinary medicine.
0: Well, listen, I, I, I would never bet against you. Everything I've learned about you by reading about you has just been an absolute inspiration. And, uh, Dr. Danielle Spence, I want to thank you very much for spending some time with us here. Uh, just Sure, you know what
1: I wanted I wanted to mention, too, I completely forgot that um, we were talking about the stem cells. And, you know, I remember that I... I recently, I'm just like, I don't know, I'm obsessed with um, the whole health community and veganism and vegetarianism and, you know, essentially, especially essential oils. And so among some of the other companies that have started, um, I'm starting a skincare line and it's gonna be pretty much um, made of essential oils. And I know a lot of people have also done that as well, but I think it's a fascinating field the healing properties are amazing. Because I've even convinced my mother to use it, and she doesn't.